Hello everyone and welcome back to Straight White Whale. My name is Darren Connell and this is episode 58. Today we are joined by Mark Black, amazing stand-up comedian that's up and coming in the circuit and he is making waves. But before we get into that nonsense, we need to start off with the sponsor. The sponsor is Lamb Solutions Limited, Michael Burns. So he's wrote me down a wee note that I'll read out and hopefully it can help you. And remember, if you need any work or any help, see when you phone Michael Burns, quote, just say you listen to my podcast, Straight White Whale or your darn Connell's mate. Even if you don't know me, just say I'm his fucking mate and he'll give you a discount, right? Or he'll come and he'll, you know, look it up and see what you need done and he'll help you out. So, Lamb Solutions Limited, he's got two main contracts. He does laminate flooring, gutters and drainage so that's his speciality he does full property refurbishments and insurance work and um, plasterer joinery all that type of stuff and he's got a gas a gas safe plumber so if you need any of that stuff he's got tradesmen that works for him i'm nervous as fuck because you're sitting there by the way i feel like i'm going to swallow my tongue <laughs> So if you need anything done, get in touch with Michael Burns. Thank you very much. Mate, I actually broke out in a sweat there. Why? Am I intimidating you, staring at you? No, I was just, I don't know. Mate, I can't, I haven't seen public speaking, even though I do it as a fucking semi-professional job. I'm, I'm terrible. I just fucking mince all my words as well. Well, thank you very much for coming in and joining us today, mate. Privilege, man. It's very much appreciated. You are doing very well in the circuit. Bad, eh? Your head's not looking shiny, by the way. Is it not looking fucking matted? He said, you said before <laughs> you came on, you said you thought your head was too shiny. Aye. Mate, I feel like if at a certain angle that I was like rebound off my dome and fucking burn your eyes out. <laughs> <laughs> nah, you're alright, mate. Good. Fuck's sake. Apologies for being dressed like Tony Soprano today, but... I like to walk it into the... Anybody that comes in as a guest kind of looks at me like, are you all right? I'm like, I walk it from my house uh, to yeah. the studio. No, you look great. To get the steps in. Thank you very much. So how is life, mate? Because I realise that we've never really... We've met each other in the passing, right. but I don't think we've shared a bill, have we? No, we haven't. I think the only time I've met you... I might have met you twice, but I've met you in the street, remember, walking by you, and I think you were coming here, and yeah. I was just leaving here. Um, no, we've never never shared a bill together, but we were we were meant to the yes. other week there, but because of the frozen pipes at the stand, we were. I I Mark was in for a funny bunch and the pipes were fucked, but he's right. in for the next one. Right. So thank you very much. No problem. You're the first name on that bill, actually. I've not booked anybody else. Am I? So. Mm-hmm. Oh, I because you you did it and I couldn't make it because I was away. How did that go? The way. It was good, mate. Ah, yeah. Uh, Tom stayed, took your place. Aye, Tom said I've met him before and he was stoned in the green room of the stand. He's a <laughs> sound guy. Aye, he's a good guy. So how many gigs have you done? I've, I've no I don't even count them, but uh, I would say about probably about 150 maybe. Something mm-hmm. like that. Probably for the last two years. So maybe not as much as that, but I nothing about that. Good. 
because it's quite i've found you always find you funny your online stuff is funny right Aye. but i was like i found a video and you were like playing the fucking piano like you were mozart i was like all right Aye. where did that come from <laughs> i well i always um i fucking that music was always kind of my first thing that i was passionate about in school and stuff so just kind of taught myself piano and guitar uh I but I just kind of found comedy through my brother, my wee brother, Paul. We started doing videos together, but I think it's always my dream to like write a musical. That's my, I think that's my. I wait to see fucking what do you call it? Yeah, what's the South Park guys one called? Book a Mormon. I wait to see that, and it was. Have you seen it? Aye, it's fucking. It's unreal. It's hilarious. It's unbelievable. In Glasgow. Aye, I wait to see it up at the Tingy Theatre across to the Pavilion. Kings. No, the oh. Kings. The a royal yeah i was unbelievable it was just i love that kind of it was written by the the music was written by they teamed up with the guy who wrote frozen like the, they could compose frozen so the tunes are like proper like happy sounding like anthems but the the content the lyrics are just i mean i'll, I'll let people go and see it for themselves but it's i so music was always i think that's always in my head that i wanted a fucking like musical like that it's kind of Close to the bone, offensive. I don't know how easy it'll be in the UK to get. Well, especially in Scotland, no many if people. Especially if you're no Trey Parker and Matt Stone have already <laughs> got. Well, no many people have done it in Scotland either, so there Aye. could be something there for you, mate. Right. Maybe you should make the Peter Tobin musical. I <laughs> <laughs> that'll go down great. I, I saw one at the friend. <laughs> can I be in it? <laughs> you can play Peter. Uh, I'm struggling, man. <laughs> <laughs> there was one at uh, Edinburgh Fringe. Do you remember that uh, that young lassie that her ma like put her in her uncle's Shannon Matthews? Shannon Matthews. There was Shannon Matthews the musical. At How the did you guess Friends. that there? By the way, uh, that was some guess. I just said ma uncle. I was talking to Wayne. I was, was Shannon Matthews. I was talking to somebody the other night about uh, British. We were talking about basically how like we pale in comparison to the fucking Americans. Like we've got a guy that went about in a truck and killed prostitutes. They've got like fucking John Wayne Gacy. Do you know what I mean? We were just uh, like we were talking about that, and then we were talking about. Uh, I was saying that personally for me the worst ones I think is the Moors murders, and that what's so bad about it was is that the fucking cunt wouldn't even tell them where the bodies were, even when he was about to get fucking, he was about to die, and I think that's like despicable. Um, and then. We got onto Shannon Matthews and I was like pure, I was like, did she die? And we were like Googling, it was like, no, like she's still alive. <laughs> just as a team. Aye, fucking hell. So you were saying there was a musical about her? Aye, I saw it, it was like <laughs> midnight it was shown at the fringe, like, I didn't actually get to go and see it, I was I gutted I didn't go and see it, but I just something like that, that's kind of like... Just like a muffled singing aye, that, just, under I a find bed. that hilarious, just something pure taboo, like oh, a musical. Can they find me? Like the Scottish version of fucking Anne Frank. Aye, she wasn't aye. even Scottish. They were English, weren't they? Aye. Yeah, mate, that would be good. That that would be interesting. So did you go to to learn that stuff? Did you go to, like, drama music school? Like, to learn... Uh, piano and stuff? No, I just learned it in school. I'd, um, basically, I learned guitar. I got some guitar lessons at school. I probably started when I was, like... 12, 13, and I've got quite a musical family on my dad's side, so they kind of, my cousin taught me a lot, and then just picked up piano and by year, really. Um, it's kind of, it's, but I never, I knew I wish I'd learned how to read music, but 
it's good to be able to play by ear. So I mean, sometimes I'll be at a party, and then somebody who's there who's like classically trained will only be able to get everybody like singing and all that because they've just kind of got these classical pieces that they can read off a page. Whereas if you can play by ear, you can just get a feel for any tune. Literally any, you can f come up any tune, like just by a certain chord structure. That's what I mean. So yeah, playing by ear is really handy in that way. I love it. Do you know, I've always found that so fascinating because my mate does, my mate is a composer, Scottish right. composer, and he can't read music and he's got a wee home built studio in his spare room and sometimes I'll sit and watch him just like mm -hmm. make a tune right. and it's very impressive, man. It's like fucking superhero shit, how he can just pick stuff out. Tom Yuri does that as well. Oh, does he? Aye, Tom Yuri plays, does he play? Guitar? Plays everything, really. Aye, does he, aye. But you can't fucking say the alphabet, they can't. <laughs> <laughs> but you'll be like, ah, no, wait a minute. Do, do, they're straight into like. A great one's Bill Bailey, man. He's like, you know, Bill Bailey. Ah, yeah. Uh, he's, he's phenomenal in like the piano and guitar and all that. Mm -hmm. Tim Minchin as well. Tim Minchin. I went to see that Matilda, is that Matilda the musical? Have you seen it? That was written by, the music was written by Tim Minchin in that one. And you can kind of tell, like, if you've ever seen Tim Minchin's kind of songs he does, they're written a certain way, and if you watch that Matilda film, uh, you can tell it's Tim Minchin that wrote it. It's just his kind of style. Have you have you not seen his, have you seen his like the Ginger song? That's probably his one of the most famous. Huh? I've seen a fair amount of Tim Minchin stuff, but when he's talking about the, so the the letters in the word Ginger also make the racial slur. So like alludes, ah, to, yeah. it alludes to it being that, but it's actually Ginger. I mean, it's really good. I've not seen him in years. I've not uh, heard about him in years, but it, when I did watch him, he was amazing. Uh, there's something about music that I did see at the end of my stand-up, my stand uh, the show I did at the end of the year, I incorporated music at the end. Just because, if I'm, if I'm doing my own show, I think people fucking love it. I've realised that I don't, I don't really want to do a whole set of musical comedy. I just don't, I can't find enough funniness in myself in front of it and with a keyboard for... 50 minutes you know what I mean and some people can date great but I just if I'm doing my own show I thought I'll end it on something kind of musical and people did fucking love it do you know what I mean Brilliant. Aye. I love musical comedy as well like I, I, Paul's probably noticed this it's, I, I can't play any instruments I played the bass when I was in high school and I could only read tabs mm -hmm. but I'll deliberately sing a song but I'll date shite and I'll make it awkward and I think that's what people find <laughs> yeah, funny. So I'll like maybe pick a girl in the crowd and I'll sing her a love song, but it'll be so fucking <laughs> Aye, like flustered and stuff. Aye. And I love that shit. <laughs> and when I was growing up, I always talk about the Marx Brothers on this podcast. Like Chico played the piano. And, I don't know the Marx Brothers. Oh, mate. You are in for a treat. So old school comedians based in America back in the <laughs> early 1900s. There was Groucho <coughs> Marx, Chico, and Harpo, and right. they were brothers in real life. And Harpo played the harp, and Chico played the piano. Mm -hmm. But Harpo was um, uneducated, and he left school when he was like four. So he was like a self-taught harpist, and he he learnt it the wrong way. So, but he became a mad fucking genius. Right. So see all these top harp players; they were all like, they ended up gone to him and like asking him to teach them how to play the part well, did he play like upside down or something <laughs> he, he put it i don't know the way that you're supposed to hold a harp oh, when you yeah. play it but he wasn't doing it the right way so he spent his, 
<laughs> I playing it with his toes. But he he done it the the wrong way. And Aye. then Chico, when he played the piano, um, he was more of a like trick guy. He used to play the keys and like shoot it with his fingers and stuff. Aye. So when I was a wee guy and I used to watch that, even though I loved the comedy, I actually really loved the music more than anything. So right. that's why uh, I appreciate musical comedians, but I yeah, think... It's like the Concords as well, they they hit on something really good. And that's why I think it's really good, because see, when you go and watch somebody and they're shite, it's awful. Mm-hmm. But see, when they're good, uh, it is unbelievable. I like Mighty Bush as well, I loved Mighty Bush growing up, that was kind of... Yeah, and I really loved... Um, oh, Shooting Stars were good with music. Aye, aye, aye. They right. kind of de- deliberately done it shite. Aye, Reeves and Mortimer, like you said... They had a couple of singles, didn't they? Mm-hmm. But I, I find that I find that I don't know, man. I think it brings another element to comedy when you, you know what I mean. What's the the young guy suffers with his mental health? The American dude, Bob, stand up comedian that's got mental health or problems. The guy in Netflix oh, yeah. documentary. <laughs> He's got Hunter's a Netflix oh, special. Uh, Bo, Bo Burnham. Bo Burnham. Aye. Aye, like his stuff's ridiculously Aye. good. I mean, he yeah. sounds like he could have made it as like a music artist Aye. or a comedian. I think that's when you start to be like, fucking hell. Do you know what I mean, I think as if you have, if you get somebody's really good, a good musician, but the, the content of the comedy's maybe no there. Mm-hmm. It's even if you get hit on both of them, then it's fucking. It can be amazing. So. That special by him was incredible. He made it during lockdown. I was never really a big fan of him. And then I watched that special and I was blown away that he just made it in his house while he was depressed. Yeah. And it was superb. Right, unbelievable, wasn't it? And he's still young. Inside or something? No, inside or something? Something like that, I, no, I, I think so. Have we ever, it's part of Billy Conley, I was just about to say, have we ever had a musical comedy, like a big musical comedy act? But Billy Connolly was sort of a bit different one to like he did stand up and but then he did like the sort of folk stuff and he played did. in a band, didn't he? And then uh-huh. the humble bums. Uh-huh. 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 But uh, have we ever had anybody that's done like a um what It's hard it? in front of us because we didn't audience. I noticed that it's like Especially if it's like a a whimsy call kinda. It's hard. I was thinking the other day, it's even like in a Glaswegian audience. It might not even just be Glasgow, but see when you come out like too happy, <laughs> like it kind of has the adverse effect. I mean, see if you come out in the stage bouncing, like people are like, who the fuck's this cunt? You know what I mean? <laughs> uh, well, I remember Hopscotch coming to primary school and like there being like a genuine atmosphere when they like bounced out. Here. Hey guys! And like the Glaswegian primary fives are like that. My dad fucking stab you, you know what I mean? And so I get what you're saying. It's Aye. like pure. My reality is not that happy. How are you that happy? Aye, I know. Have you forgot to take your meds a day, mate? But it's hard because I'm just, like, we're just, we're just happy people. Aye. <laughs> and we're no. <laughs> so Where we... did the. Well, I, I've got a couple of questions. Like I was talking to somebody that was a, a stand up comedian and they were saying, and I'm wondering if this is true for you, that when people. So you've got sort of seem to have like two sort of sides of comedy now. You've got the guys who did it the traditional way, and I'm doing air quotes because I'm on camera, um, which is like going to the clubs, building a following, mm-hmm. do supports, more following, and then you get enough to do your own solo show and then a tour, and then you get the people like your brother, like Paul. Um, you seem to be like a, a mix, like you're going down the traditional route, but you've you've maybe Aye. had a following for online. But what they were saying was is that the online following seems a bit feral. 
that the traditional comedy crowd are a wee bit more reserved and won't heckle as much and know the rules of the comedy club. Aye. But this on like people that come for the online space have this sort of like buck fast drinking coke taking like crowd that are like fucking yes, like more of a I don't know, have you found that like that your crowds are a wee bit more feral? Um fuck, I don't know, man. Cause uh, what do you mean like so, for example, my brother's crowd would be more mental. Is what you mean? I don't know about your brother. I've never seen your brother's show, but for instance, like Gary Folds, he has like fist fights at his gigs, right? Aye, aye. But if you go to like Darren's show or on more, or when I go to the stand, it's a nice crowd. Do you know what I mean? Aye. They're there to see comedy, whereas it feels like some of Gary's crowd are there for a night out. And, that, and they reckon, this comedian I was talking to, reckon that's because he's built his following on Facebook. And that's the demographic on Facebook is this sort of like, so they come out swinging, you know what I mean? I suppose it's kind of demographic that you're appealing to, I suppose. But I mean, I've only done a couple of solo shows, like just my shows, and they've been great. The audience have been really chilled out. I've I've never really had... It's one thing that I need to work on is... (laughs) Work on being abused on stage. (laughs) I need to work... I've never really been thrown into a fucking lion's den where people are really interrupting me and try to fucking be funnier than me and all that and i think some in some ways i don't let them like i don't i just go on with my set sometimes and i don't do that much crowd interaction yet which i would like to but i think that's when you open that up then it they can start being cunts you probably have good experience of that stuff i do have good experience and it naturally comes by the way right. you can't force these things Mm-hmm. I remember years ago, a comedian that doesn't do it anymore called Mikey Adams right. um, said to me, he's like, ah, one day you'll find your voice and you you don't know when it will happen. It'll just happen. And I physically felt it on stage. When I get heckled, I used to take it really badly mm-hmm. to the point I was like, who you fucking talking to, you prick? All that stuff. Yeah, I, yeah. I didn't even know I, how to deal with it. You can't do that, can you? It totally fucked my, my mood, my... It just ruined the gig. Mm-hmm. And see, no, I actually invite it. Aye. I invite heckles and I enjoy it. Unless somebody's like sitting like that on their phone or, or talking to their pal. I hate that. But I can still deal with it. But I invite heckles and it makes it part part of a show. But I just need that, get man. I just need you fucking... Because I, I, like, I feel I'm... I definitely getting that a lot stronger on stage. Like I'm comfortable with myself on stage. But I've just not really dipped my fucking toes into that. As much as maybe I could have, so I've no. It's just with like repetition of that you get better at it, and I've no really tried it that much. It would come. It would just come through gigging. Uh, but I, I can understand what Paul is saying about Ga- uh, Gary's crowd. Um, nay, offence to Gary. He's a great guy. Uh, he's a great guy and a great comedian. We're talking about his crowd. Aye. His crowd. That's not a comedy crowd. That is. Aye. You know, those people probably haven't even been got to the stand on a Tuesday night. They don't on. know what the stand is. Aye. And so, that's is that jink that is solely because he gets on most of his audience through Facebook then. TikTok, Facebook, aye. social media. Aye, social media. But the thing is, my brother does get oh, he has a lot of his audience for TikTok or Twitter or Instagram or whatever, and he. He gets a lot of just chilled out moz. <laughs> right, so you think, aye, you're, you're probably David, right. aye. The, the type of crowd that your comedy naturally attracts, because aye, if you've got a comedy club, you're only going to be in front of a comedy crowd, but you're going to, you're going to the internet, you're in front of everybody, mm-hmm. so you'll just naturally find aye. your sort of 
your crowd and then whoever's in that crowd, that's what your gigs are going to be like. Aye. I've found one thing about myself is when I'm doing a solo show on a Friday or a Saturday night in Glasgow, it's rough. Anytime I'm doing a solo show, it's, yeah. it attracts kind of drug Friday and Saturday definitely is a difference, isn't there? Like I, I noticed, like then a Tuesday night the stands, Red Raw, and you've got a wee student in the audience, you do a wee quirky jokes, and they're like, <laughs> and you do the same joke on <laughs> a fucking Saturday, and they're just looking at you like, Aye. What's wrong with that boy? Is he alright? Say something about cocks again. <laughs> <laughs> what nah, I'm, no, I'm not saying that the odd, but you know, you get what I mean, like a Friday oh, Saturday's aye. mayor, working class people out to fucking get on it. Aye, have a good time. Aye, Say that you've been doing it for two years, like what inspired you to go? Because obviously like the whole uh, Stoke filming with Courtney, and that was what, 2018, 2019? That was a while ago, wasn't it? No? Aye, well, so what inspired me for... To go for, to transition? Was it the pandemic? Because we're like... Aye, pretty much. Well, it was when me and my brother had done for about two years for... 2018, 19, all the videos out and then did stuff with BBC right to the end of 2019. We did like a hang for the TV that my brother wrote and then we did a few hangs with BBC and then obviously fucking 2020 was a disaster. And Aye. But just before that, I was like, I need to do stand-up. I've seen this in Sean's podcast. I was like, I need to do this before I die. <laughs> you're like, you're only fucking 26. Like, I'm doing it, but I need to. But I did feel like that. I was like, I feel like this is going to level me up in some way, like to get past a lot of my fears that I've got. And I was like, I need to do this. Like, I won't live with myself if I don't go on a stage and see what that's like. So I forced myself to do it, did Red Raw. And that was before the pandemic. That was 2019, October. Did a few gigs after that. And then just after it came, we went back to normal. I was like, just keep going, really. And then just kind of spiraled because I did the in a year and all that so i was like oh, this is going good so i just had some sort of impetus to keep going so you've met alan yeah. i'll leave it at that alan. <laughs> <laughs> all right actually uh, by the way for people year. listening to the podcast alan anderson runs a competition just for people that are right, listening so, uh, i was in i go to the final with that but he didn't run it that this year I think it was because he took Mark and that to Australia. Mark Jennings. Yeah. He's in Australia then now. I don't know who else is there. I think Mark's over himself just now. Oh, is he? Right, uh, is that not today with Alan? No. Nah. All right, okay. But I, I, I've... I mean, because I'm only 35. I think that's still young, right? But I've been doing comedy for, like, over 10 years. I've been around the circuit as a fan of comedy since I've been 18. Right. Just constantly watching it. So... I, I was quite, and I realised that I was wrong for thinking this, like when people film online stuff and they were saying that they were a comedian, I was like, I don't know a comedian. I don't know, like a true. But I learned through just no being, I was being a cunt really, that I just discovered that they are a comedian. And plus I also did that, I did Vine back in the day, so I was also a fucking hypocrite, but that's how quick... Um, the times have changed like i just people like gary that would do a facebook live and then sell out a venue i just couldn't get my head around that but that's the way uh the way the world is because right. i kind of thought a stand-up 
I was like a stand-up purist. Well, I think that Kevin, I think Kevin Bridges is probably the last of the kind of, Kevin Bridges proper grafted, like going about the country gigging, didn't he? And I think he's probably the last big one to do that kind of traditional route. Like, yeah, I can't, I've forced myself now to go on TikTok now and like, I'm like this year I'm, I'm posting more and more content because I just need to build an audience, do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, and that is just though it's like we're for it's annoying that we're forced into doing this like social media because I, I generally despise it do you know what i mean i like the the good parts of it but it's just flicking through social media is just so destroying on a daily basis so it's like i feel like we're forced for and i put into a corner like you need to be on social media or else it feels that or else you're non-existent do you know what i mean i've been taught i've not got an agent i sacked my agent last oh, year oh did you and I've been trying to, I've been looking around and the guy was like, have you got a TikTok? And I was like, fucking hell, man. I can't believe we're having this conversation. Oh, yeah. But I'm like a kind of grandam. Pure. How do you fucking <laughs> do this, man? Well, I've, got, I've got a mate that just gets signed to a major record label and he's like, right, when are we going on tour? And they were like, you're not going on tour. Like, you're making TikToks. Wow. Genuinely, they're like, here's a bank of ideas. Just go in, pick one, make TikToks. Wow. Put your music behind it. That's what they're wanting. That's insane. Yeah, it's it's crazy because like like you're saying they're done, like the purists, people just reject it. They're like, nah, I'm not doing it. And it's like you'll be able to make a living going up and down the country and but I don't know if you'll ever break through yeah. that. You're saying like the last people, I think Susie's one of the last people. Aye, I think the Susie, shut the aye. shutter came down behind Susie McKay. I know you're right, it's probably Susie. Yeah. Um but I think the nature of it now is that you either do this stuff. You know, you can do long form and then turn that into short form, which I think is like a sort of cheat, a bit of a cheat code to it. You can film your sets, clip it up and do that, or you can put yourself in front of the camera. Like there's a there's a few different ways that you can do it to get your content out there. But ultimately, I think the days of being a stand-up comedian who keeps themselves to themselves and just goes to the clubs and stuff. You know, like, just blow up one day. Is it's kind gone, of, man, man. I was saying to my brother just there, um, like I didn't want to insult him, but I was like, we him doing TikToks just talking to a cat. Like, see, before we did, like, a, a full sketch and we'd fucking have to meet up at six in the morning and film all day. And I'm like, he's built many an audience, just literally just him, his face, talking to the camera. Do you know what I mean? He doesn't even have to do a sketch anymore. He just has to do a voice and then write, <laughs> write the sketch in, like, a caption, write the yeah. scenario. Do you know what I mean? He's big up on TikTok. Do you spend some time on TikTok? Sometimes, if I go on it, I'll be flicking for a bit. Have you seen this guy, Paul, with the sort of white hair? Is he Scottish? Uh, No, I think he's English. Or the the nonce. Uh Uh-huh. The nonce? Aye, well, he he only replies to the 16-year-old lassies on his TikTok and stuff like that, right? But I watched a video... Beauty Beauty on the Eye, he's called. Is it? Right, Uh, okay. i seen a video with a guy going, let's... This guy's obviously, like, into this and knows all about it and he's like i'm going to tell you how much he makes off his tiktok and this guy literally does what you're what you're talking now he does no production value there's no lapel mic fuck all there's having a mobile phone the guy's making like 48 grand a week wow. after tiktok wow but is he a nonce <laughs> well allegedly <Supposedly. laughs> no, no, well it, it's, like, get back to the nonce but, aye, but <laughs> the guy's clearly like you know, probably in real life, no, like n- n- right. no, nowhere near it. Like you know what I mean. Right. But he's hit this wee market, That's and he's fucking milking fuck at it, and he's making like forty eight grand a week after doing TikToks. Right. He probably does like one a day, 
How long does it take you to do a TikTok? Are you talking about maybe two to three hours? You've probably seen him, mate. He's, he always, I probably will recognise him. He always seen. dances to green, green grass. You know that green, green grass. He's dancing in there. No, like, I might recognise him, I see. In his 40s. He's in still, his 40s and he's always got a girlfriend that's like 21. Aye. But he's always like liking. Like there's videos of people being like, look at the comments that he likes and look at the comments he replies. It's always ah, like young right, women. Okay, he's he's so he has these allegations, but he leans into them and sort of like, talks about it on his tiktok but that's not the point it's just talking about what you were saying there like this guy literally has an iphone and a tiktok account and he's making like at the the low end four and at the high end eight grand a week you know what i mean did you see what happened the other day i'm gonna drop some tiktok goss with you mate you up for it do you like a bit of goss yes i love goss so there's this scott you know how he's getting a pile on this guy on tiktok's getting a total pile on and to be honest i don't know what's real this guy I, I don't know what's real and I don't know what's no real, but it's like they're kind of pushing the guy towards hurting himself. Like, that's how bad it Are is. They really? It's like a public fucking wow. lynch. Like aye. Is that a right term I should use? Aye, a luncheon. Aye, aye Good old school luncheon. Um, <laughs> Good old school. So there's a Scottish guy. I think his name's something like the quirky type. He's a Scottish bodybuilder, blonde hair. And since day one, he's been like, this guy's a fucking beast and making videos about him and constantly like, he's liking this comment and he's liking that comment. And guess what? The, the bodybuilders announced as well. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so Classic. he's like, this guy's gone out with 16 year old lassies and it's pathetic. Turns out he was gone out with an 18 year old right. and she's came out and called him an ounce. I'm in my bed at night like, oh, she's fucking brilliant, man. Fucking love TikTok. Controversial, but like the idea, like that, that, like the pedo hunters that could be nonces among them, like, like yeah, <laughs> but they. Ah, mean? you never heard that, like the one who screams loudest. Uh, you yeah. know what I mean? Like why? Why? You know what? It's always it's about the children. Like that fucking um, <laughs> the the sort of but why what put this so not to trigger any algorithmic cancelling of the podcast. The um, the turf demonstration oh, that happened yeah. down at glasgow buchanan street the other uh, saturday mate jesus christ you actually seen the mutants amongst them man like it was like aye and you're like why are they out screaming protect the wains you're like aye, aye for you yeah fucking gimp <laughs> but it is that man see the amount of times like so many high profile examples there was a mad guy in canada i mean i'm sure me and you have spoke about this on on this before where he was a pure heavy conservative, heavy right wing. He was like a mayor of Toronto. And it turned out that he was like going to motels and taking oh, crack and shagged off rent boys every weekend. So mm-hmm. you're like, these are the ones that are out going, you're a sinner. And you're <laughs> yeah. like, check hard drive. There was an I mean? SMP councillor. They obviously don't know his name, but he worked, I can't even remember his name. He worked with my brother in Aberdeen and they said this cunt was like, and they worked in Morrison's together. My brother was at uni and he was like, this guy was the creepiest cunt ever. And it turned out he'd been molesting wee boys. And he was a video of him walking. He's an SNP council walking down the street somewhere. And people are just screaming. Somebody's going, Boy Raper! <laughs> Boy Raper. <laughs> Boy Raper. <laughs> <laughs> people just go mental. But obviously, you need to fucking protect Wayne. So it's. But it's just. Aye. It's a. 
I don't know. Is it there's like a pure weird like we're having like what are they calling it the moral crisis, Aye. the worldwide moral the crisis of morality that's happening right now, where every sort of subsection of society has this pure like crisis of morality about mm. different things. Um, but it's like a weird thing to watch, man. I remember back in the day, man, Carntine. I've mentioned this before on the pod as well. They fucking literally kicked a guy's door in, man. Like pure fucking tiki torch, fucking Aye. get him. And it was a photo for the news of the world that they were like, that's him. And it wasn't him. And the poor guy had to like move his and all that, man. Like, I was saying with like the pedo hunters thing, like a few times they've got it wrong and all that. And... I f- supposedly it's quite common, mate, Aye. that they get it wrong. It's just the, the film in it. See, like filming it. They see putting it live first before anything's happened. I'm like, you don't have to put it live on Facebook. Like you can take that footage and get the police. Yeah. And it's supposedly that doing that can fuck them up in court as well. Aye, so okay. it's like a conflict interest that happens. Like if you've got a huge social media account and it's built all for the fact that you're hunting paedophiles, like, and then maybe you try and monetize that That's shit. work against them then, Aye, man. Aye. It's like, like you said, if you want to do it, do it, but like involve the authorities so that the cunts can get convicted rather than Aye. or getting away with it because you're then you think you've got another motive of like they want... I mean, it's not just about catching pedos, then it feels like about adoration. Aye, mm-hmm. but I'm no, I'm oh, doesn't matter. I'm just gonna stop speaking about pedos. <laughs> How did we go into Do that? I must home. say, I quite enjoy when see when, um, when there's like a priest that will be like homosexuality is evil, burning hell and stuff, and then you open the daily record four weeks later, and it's like he's got a username on a fucking BDSM website called. Cock guzzler or something. <laughs> He's like priest, priest cock sucking cock. That's the guy. Beastly priesty. Aye. Well, we we had in my church. I did a whole bit of my stand up in my church. My church was like fraught with scandals. And I say like not like other churches. <laughs> I mean, every church is fucking. It wasn't it Penny Lee, was it? No, it was. Um, I went to Moss Park Baptist Church. Oh, okay. But my dad was like, so I only went till I was about eleven. But there was fucking. There was pedos in the church. There was a guy grooming young lasses. The minister had a big, massive affair. And he was quite a well-known guy, actually. He's a famous football referee. Aye, and he was a minister. Tell us and the papers were like the Randy Reverend or the sinister minister. Was it in the paper? <laughs> aye. Who was it? I can't say. How Can not? I say? Ah, if it's been in the fucking paper. Aye, it was Mike McCurry. Was that? You know I remember that? Mike McCurry. I don't remember Mike, him. so, I've asked, I don't know what to talk about. Can I talk about it? I don't need to talk about if you don't want to, there's no just mention mention his name. I never really mention his name if I ever talk about this. So it's in the paper, mate. Aye, so. so fuck it. What's anyway, he going to do? No, that's true. I don't care about him anyways. I can't. Um, but he he basically had an affair with a Sunday school teacher. He basically joined the church and became there was two like ministers, and it like split the church down the middle. And like half the church left because he'd brought shame in the church. And I tell this funny story. My dad told me it's fucking hilarious. They had like a deacon meeting, so the deacons are the guys that are in charge of the church. And my dad was watching them, right? And they had a meeting with this cunt, and they were all shouting at him, saying he was a disgrace. But it's all like the church is either like middle class cunts or cunts for the scheme. So it's like that's the kind of mixture in a fucking Baptist church in Glasgow. It's like posh middle class people and people, mental people for the scheme. Anyway. They're all shouting, the middle class people are just shouting like tame insults. I'm like, you're bloody blinking wrong, and then all that. Or like, you big fuck, who knows? But anyway, so they're all shouting, 
and this big massive fat guy at the back right he's like 25 stone yeah he's got a fucking glass eye sweating his cunt and just stones up and goes fucking crucify him <laughs> <laughs> crucify him I was like for a start I think the first thing we should learn coming into this building is let's not crucify any cunt <laughs> please but we learned that but also it's fucking 2004 in Cardona I was like who's getting crucified crucified you'd be He's surprised like, you'd be surprised imagine that local priest <laughs> crucified local football referee that is Aye. Mental. and there was a pedo in the chops as well just you, I did this my stand up as well. Like he used, to, he literally used to horn starburst it to the wind. Like we, <laughs> yeah, I'm not kidding. We didn't find it was a pedo till after he died as well. He was standing at the front of the church every service. He's horns it like that, and he would choose. You'd have to choose the color. He'd go to right and give you too sweet. And I was like, that is the most stereotype. He's big, massive pedo glasses. <laughs> I was like, sorry about the glass. I was like, it's the most stereotypical pedo I've ever seen in my life. Darren's got Starburst in his pocket. <laughs> he was wearing a t-shirt that said, I am a pedo on it. It's a very touchy subject. We need to be careful what we're ah, saying here. But... Ah, you can't really make too many jokes about it, can you? Because it's fucked up. Right. My local priest get caught making a fucking fight club. <laughs> what? Right. All the Waynes used to take bets and all that. <laughs> It's a proper underground fighting scheme with the events. That was a joke. Oh, was it? Fuck. Your fucking wow. jaw dropped there, you I was like, oh, where the fuck, man? You got me as well. Right, Matt, the fucking local priest that uh, I went to St. Thomas's in Rudry, and the guy that was the priest that, and again, pure revealed. You know what I mean? Pure. Uh, everybody loved him, loved the guy, and, and he was embezzling money. He, he was driving about in a Porsche, and then I turned out he was shagging his mate. Wow. And they yeah. just shifted him. <laughs> They just shifted the guy as well. They See that it. phrase that everybody loved him? That I think alarm bells should be ringing when people say that. Because like, if, if everybody loves somebody, it's like... A pillar of the community. fucking perfect. So there like, was a priest, <laughs> I've said this on the pod before, my family came for Penny Lee and there was a young guy that got caught in the... A priest got caught in the church sticking dildos up his ass, And it was in the paper. And I, 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 do you know that way? I don't know if it's no, I can't, I can't remember if it's true or if it's just in my head, but I sh I'm sure I remember my grand saying, No, Father McGinty, he, he played the guitar. I <laughs> like it, means it. Aye, like, Aye. Is that good to do anything? He was a nice boy. Aye. Plus, there's nothing wrong with sh shoving dildos up your ass. Just don't do it in a church. Is that not a sin then, to them? And then preach homosexuality is a sin at the same Aye, that's time. True. Aye, because there'll be some gay people yeah, that yeah, don't yeah, even... Yeah, you don't need to be gay to stick dildos up your that's ass. That's true, actually. But there'll be some gay shame. people that don't even do that. They're like, he's got a fucking cheek. I'm just <laughs> sitting here with my Labrador watching the telly. They're fucking finger blasting their ass in a church. <laughs> anyway, cheers for coming on the podcast, mate. Uh, a bit of a tangent there, eh? I know. Aye. Big pedo gay tangent. Right. There we go. So, gig-wise, what have you got coming up? Uh, well, I've got quite a few coming up, but I'm doing a show at the Glasgow Comedy Festival with my pal Brian Kavanagh. Yes. Uh, we're playing at the Griffin, doing three dates. And I can't remember what dates they were. 15th, the 30th, and... The 2nd of April. Amazing, mate. Aye. Have you sold them out? No, no, not yet, no. Um... I need to actually keep promoting it, to be honest. I've not been promoting it. Is that the Griffin running? Ah, it's just a small kind of... Bath Street? Aye. Beside the Kings. Right, aye. Didn't know he did comedy in there. Aye. Yes. Cool, cool room. It's a good room. Is it? Aye, I've never played there. 
Have you done, is this your first Glasgow? Eh, uh, let me think, what was I doing last year? I'm sure I did something last year. No, I did one last year. I did a, um, I did a show with James Gardner and a boy, Thomas Elvin. You know Thomas? Uh, he's, really, he's really funny. I've no met him, but... Aye, the three years did a show last week, last year at the Admiral, which was good. Aye, but it's my second Glasgow Comedy Festival. Good, mate. Got a few gigs coming up at Glee as well. I actually messaged Glee saying about... Because, see, I was talking about representation. And you'll probably be able to shed some light on this. But, um, I'm obviously... I've not got an agent. And I'm like, part of me wants to get an agent because I just... I fucking struggle to organise my life. And maybe having somebody there that's... Can I just like, right, Mark, we'll go to this gig. I'm doing this. Just a bit more structure would be good. But then also I've heard people say when they get an agent, they just, they don't, they earn for them. So it's like, anyway, the reason I'm saying that is because I, I emailed off the curb and they asked me to do two gigs at Glee and they said, do your best 20 minutes. Uh, for the Friday and a Saturday in March. And I don't know if that means that potentially, I don't know. It's a trial. Aye. It'll be a trial. Try it before you buy, as they say. Aye. But you've obviously been, how many, have you been through a few agents or you just had one and then? I had one. Oh. I was with United. Right. United for six years. I don't want to badmouth them, but my experience was they were so big. Yeah, like, focus on massive them. big, like Aye. fucking Tom Hardy, Ricky Gervais, and then there's me. So. Like off the curb as well, isn't it? Aye. Like Kim Bridges, Michael McIntyre. Aye. We Chris CMB's on them actually. I don't know really Yes, but CMB's doing very well, mm. and uh, do you know it's a weird one. My agent was mere for acting, no really stand up, and then there was a couple of things, some personal shit that came, and I just. Did know, they actually make an effort to get you loads of gigs and stuff? Or? Everybody's different. If you got off the curb, you would be gigging all the time. Because uh, it's more stand-up oriented, is that mean? Yeah, but the thing is, like, for an agent point of view, because you can play music and you're interested in that stuff, they would probably get you gigs and work that would be m more of that that you probably couldn't get yourself. Aye, aye. So I would recommend that. Definitely. Because there could be, like, say, an Iron Brew advert or something aye. that would be musical. Aye. You could do that. <laughs> aye. How could you get that yourself? Of course, I. Uh, so I would recommend it, but I wouldn't just jump in because I'm no brown nosing you either. Because you're funny, you're talented. Don't go to the first agent that gets in touch right. with you because they're working for you. Mm -hmm. And I felt like I was living in the shadow of United. I was almost scared to fucking ask her. Like, because right. I, I don't know if you know what I'm like. I love horror, I love weird films. So I'm like, I kind of want to be doing that. Mm -hmm. That that's no comedy. Aye. And she was just pure. You're a you're a comedian, but like, I don't really give a fuck. I want to do everything that I said. So my brother's agent, he's quite an. I don't know if he's. I don't even know what. No, they're called Brennan artists actually. Yes. And his agent Michael, he's Paul says he's pretty good. He gets in a lot of work, but aye. It's so, interesting though, because I'm, because see for me, because I've, I've been doing this a few years and not even just stand up, but like doing the comedy and I feel like I've no, I've not been putting my, 
He's somebody who'll look at me and go, like, you're progressing quite well, but see, to me, I'm like, oh no, I'm not doing this as much as I should be, like, I'm really slacking all the fucking time. Do you know what I mean? So there's a wee bit of desperation in me that's like, I need to grab onto the opportunities. Do you know what I mean? Well, I mean, as a stand-up, you're still 150 gigs. You'd still be classed as new. That's right. low. That's a low number. But you've done some amazing acting gigs and some great acting work. And I would say getting an agent for that would probably be good because right. I'm not going to name anybody, but if somebody's making a TV show and that's with a company because you've no get an agent. I mean, I don't know how these people think, right? But if you've no get an agent and you're relatively new, they'll be like, we'll just pay him a shite fee Aye. because, you know, he's not getting an agent mm -hmm. and we can get away with it. Yeah. But if you've got an agent, you've got somebody that will go to like equity minimum wage. They'll make sure that you get paid mm -hmm. a yeah. legal fee. So I do recommend it. For me, it's less about the money, more about that. Well, it is about the money as well, but it's also... It's the getting, like, as you say, jobs that I wouldn't necessarily get on my own. I mean, I kind of just phone up behind Brew, like, I can play the keyboard. <laughs> Sending them TikToks, like, let me write you a song. Phone up behind <laughs> Brew customer service. <laughs> <laughs> just the rang line and everything. Just, like, just go outside the bar factory with your guitar and just play. <laughs> Stop playing. <laughs> Might work. Uh, I don't know. I fuck it. Any do you ever like, hear those stories of like when people day outrage and stuff like that and then they get signed and it's like wow do you know what I mean you just need uh, to have the balls to then there's like 40,000 people that tried it that get like <laughs> escorted <laughs> off the premises by security <laughs> do you know what I mean they, you just don't hear about it it's like um, somebody was talking to me about The Secret you know the book The Secret and then there's mm -hmm. the movie so The Secret's about um, it's all about manifesting right. wishing your dream life into existence and in the book it's like We've got over 20,000 testimonies and you're like, well, but you've sold like six million books. So where's the other six and three quarter million people? It's like, I didn't work for them. And you're like, all oh, right, aye. Right. And then people be like, it works, look, this guy says it works. And you're like, aye, but, um, aye. So it's like that, you hear the success story, like, oh, it's just, they just forced their way onto a King Tut's bill and got signed that night. And you're like, one, that story's bullshit. Right. I know for a fucking fact it's bullshit. It's just made up. They played King Tuts, but he fucking knew what he was got to see. He'd heard their fucking demo. Their demo had been heard about everywhere. But also, Oasis, yeah. hi. Right. <laughs> I thought you were alluding to them. What was that? No, I thought you were alluding to them because you never mentioned the Oasis. But then like... you get all these guys that are like, I've got my gig at King Tuts, that means I'm getting signed. And it's like, you're in for a fucking huge disappointment. Aren't you? So... It's like Courtney Cox grabbed the mic off Bruce Springsteen and that's how she got in Friends. <laughs> If you've ever seen, here's a fucking tangent, you ever seen Masters of the Universe, the He-Man movie? No. Have you not? I've seen He-Man. You, you've seen it, haven't you? Had somebody suggest that that was part of the Friends multiverse? Oh. And that was the Geller household that you've seen in that? But it makes no sense because our guest hasn't seen the movie. Well, so. I get the, the Geller reference. <laughs> How's he in it? Who? Who's in is Ross? Ross in it? No. All right. Okay. <laughs> I'll need to rewatch it. Right. So, is there anything else you'd like to ask, Paul? Anything? Well, we're at forty-seven minutes, so maybe we've got another ten minutes. Um, what was interesting me is is that it seems that there's quite a wee scene kicking about in Scottish, up and, aye, Scottish up and coming stand up. Um, Darren's told many a tale 
on the podcast. Yeah, make yourself presentable. There you go. And Darren's told many a tale with, like <laughs> some of the shenanigans that went on. Um, do you think it's changed with like the sort of new crop? Because like you, Mikey Motion, Brian Kavanagh, um, Paddy, Tenants, like Sean. These all seem to be like really supporting each other. Uh, whereas I mean, when Darren was coming up, it was like sabotage like, was. Oh, was it? <laughs> Even banana skins. It's oh, people just make up lies. <laughs> I mean, I, see, that's what I thought coming into the scene because I'd heard stories like that, and I think, see. I'm not bashing any of the older comedians, right? But it's like, I can imagine if you're an older comedian, you'd be doing it for fucking 30 years and it's never really went anywhere. You're going to have some, a lot of them, they have a bit of, who the fuck these new cunts, they don't know anything, do you know what I mean? But it's like, you don't know, obviously don't know anything if you've no fucking went anywhere. But I thought that coming into it and then, do you know, to be honest, almost every comedian I met has been fucking brand new. Yeah. And all the, all the people in the kind of scene coming up the new, all the young guys, they're like guys and lassies as well. Um, they're fucking hilarious, brilliant, brilliant comedians. And they're all quite tight knit and they all just help each other out and all that. And Sean, I think Sean Chalmers posted about it the other day saying about how we should all just be supporting each other, sharing each other's stuff. And I am all for that. But they're all, I like just, it's weird. See, do you ever get when you go into stand up, you're just like, I know so many cunts. <laughs> Like, I have so many people that I know on a first-name basis and I can chat to. I just know about a hundred mere cunts. Aye. You mean cunts just in general, no actual sorry. bad people? Aye, sorry, let me... Ah, you're, you're meaning that in the... I mean good cunts. Ah, I was going to say Aye. in the, the Glasgow. The Glasgow Aye, sorry, cunts. I should have made that clear. Yes, I know hundreds are good cunts. No. <laughs> Aye, it's, uh, it's life-changing and the different type of people as well. Like, before I did stand-up, I just knew white straight catholics <laughs> and now i'm like uh english gay people and all that. i'm like no way man this is fucking amazing um but <laughs> is, that the, is that the broad the broad I, I've spectrum got an english pal and a gay cunt I you know, know hundreds <laughs> of straight scottish catholics straight in quotation marks as we'll talk about later on um and uh some gay english a gay english person you know what I mean. <laughs> you know what I mean. But I think people just realise that younger generation realise you now that just this kind of fucking bitterness towards people just does not serve you well at all. You like sitting in your bedroom fucking, how is he get this? How is he get that? How have I not get this? Like, I, I even at the start, not getting bitter at other people, but more getting annoyed at why am I not getting progressing in the way I thought I would at this time. Do you know what I mean? And you have to just snap out of that. You... you Amount of comedians that tell me, or oh, Mark, you just kind of look left or right. You've got to just do your own fucking thing. Do your own thing. Find your own voice. Because I, I've been in this game for so long that when I when I was a new start, I've seen those comedians that were bitter and angry, and now ten years later, um, when some people are running gigs or say Scott Squad and stuff, they don't get additions for it because they're a cunt. Mm -hmm. and karma's came back to get them or they'll be like scott squad shite or this and that like all oh, that's i mean i'm not saying it's no shite it might be shite but when you're openly so vicious um that's going to come back to get you right. i know a couple of compares that are just treated like they're fucking lepers now because when i started they were essentially bullies i mean right. you you never let it get to you Aye. because you know you're a working class 
guy. Mm-hmm. If anything happened, I'd have just fucking slapped him. But it's like green room bullying and uh, deliberately uh, sending bad feedback. I used aye, to get that aye. back. So, but I just it. I tell people if they ask me, I'm like, just take what everybody says to just for a fucking pinch of salt. Don't like if somebody gives you advice, listen to what they're saying, but don't. It doesn't mean that it's true. You know? Aye, aye. I think I've said this to Sean off mic. Like, the people that are close to this, the level that you're at, take that with a pinch of salt. Somebody, somebody's way above you, and they're like, here's some advice. Aye. I would take that a wee bit more seriously. Aye, aye, take definitely. that on board, but see the guys that are running about you. Like, aye. they might be trying to sabotage you. Aye. And also, like, every comedian's different. See, because obviously they might be like, oh, you should try this, and you should, maybe you should just stick to your fucking guns. Do you know what I mean? And, I unsolicited I, advice just always just aye. fucking curls my toes, man. Seeing people like, you should do that. Yeah. It's like, nah. But as funny I'll, I'll as saying, like, imagine Kevin Bridges, that fucking Kevin Bridges trying to give me advice, you cunt. <laughs> oh, you would be like, fucking pushing my mouth, mate. fucking listen to that, cunt, what's he know? I, I've had people talk to me like that, but aye. about, like, Kevin Bridges and Frankie Boyle. Like, when I was in open spot, I can't even remember the guy's name. You'll meet some really mentally ill, hunched, unhinged people in your journey through this fucking circuit. Oh, I remember man. meeting this guy. You know Frankie Boyle, doesn't he drink? Aye, anyway, aye. aye. Did, he so he's not had a drink in like 15 years or something. Right. So I met this random open spot in a pub for a pint one night because I thought I was networking. And he's like, ah, Frankie Boyle still takes a baby. He just doesn't drink in Scotland. I was like, excuse me? <laughs> like... I was talking about Selic there, mate. Um, what's, Fra- what's Frankie? Boy? What's that Scott to do with? He's like, ah, no. Anytime he get, he, he's sober in Scotland, but he gets mad weight in England. So I'm like, all right. And then I've heard people say that about Bridges. Bridges is a fucking prick, man. Seen him in a restaurant once. He was eating with his Wayne, walked up with a mobile phone. I was like, how no, mate? I want to hold your Wayne, mate. How no? <laughs> Fucking prick. Mate, see when people say that, and anytime somebody says a story like that, I immediately just don't believe it. Know that it didn't happen, but I'm like, as you say, like, the fucking approach them when they're with their family and they're like, oh, we got a fucking photo. Yeah, I, mean, I seen Kevin Bridges once, I was on a driving lesson, and he was driving a nice big car. Obviously, he got cunts minted. Um, I think he's just passed his driving test not that long ago yeah. did they know but he's went straight to a fucking couple of years ago Range Rover straight straight into a blacked out Range Rover and <laughs> rightfully so can't deserve it but anyway we were on um, Argyle Street at Finiston and there was a guy outside a pub who's pure there's Kevin Bridges Kevin and when he drove away he's like you're a fucking prick it's like what are you expecting him <laughs> to pull in and jump out and <laughs> give you a fucking hug can't send his fucking motor I know you pull here no you're a prick. Like, I remember once driving around Highland Road and I saw Frankie Boyle sitting in a cafe outside and I just panicked and I just beat my horn and looked at <laughs> him and he just looked up. I was like, don't get else, mate. Ah, I, just, yeah. I was just panicked and beat my horn. I live quite close to him and I see him a lot and I'm a, I'm a big Frankie fan and I, I resist the temptation to go up and say hello because he just constantly talks about don't come near me. I see him in Kelvin Grove Park during the summer sitting reading a book like on a bench or like sitting on the grass and everything inside me wants to go up and go frankie mate you're a fucking legend i'm just like nah don't do it man just leave him because he's openly like do not approach me in public like i don't want people coming up to me remember they said that people people followed them because they thought it was the birthday boy selector (laughs) (laughs) or the proclaimers 
<laughs> I love him, man. I, I genuinely think Frankie for me is in terms of Scottish comedians, he's just his joke writing for me is just up there with one of the best I've ever seen in the world, man. Just and that's a shame that he doesn't go to America because I think they're there they would fucking love him. I heard years ago, twenty sixteen, I heard Russell Brand on Joe Rogan saying there's a Scottish comedian called Frankie Boyle that you should get on your podcast and I was like, please, <laughs> like get the boat. Just get the boat, Ernie. Like, because I think that would be a fucking great. Like, oh. at the time, like, I'm not so hot on Rogan anymore, but at the time, I was like, oh my God, if Frankie Boyle went on Joe Rogan, and I think that'd be a fucking game changer. Even just for like Scottish comedy. Mm -hmm. Do you know what I mean? Just to highlight. Has so, there been a Scottish person on Joe Rogan? No, but. Daniel Sloss been on Daniel no. Sloss has done the, the other circuit, like Tom Segura, Bert Chrysler. Oh, I think he might have done Tiger Belly, like Bobby Lee, but he never. Done, I don't think he did Rogan, or, mm -hmm. which is a shame. Aye. Aye. Him and Kai Humphreys and Daniel Sloss did an episode of Bertcast, Bert Chrysler's podcast, and it's like three hours long. It's hilarious, man. Aye. You're, I mean, they get takeaway and all that, and just sitting, getting steaming. Wow. Well, we don't drink class. anymore, do we, Darren? No. Are you half it? I'm sober. Are you? 90 days. How long? 80 days. <laughs> well done, mate. Aye. Um, I never knew you were half it. Aye, I'm, uh, aye, I go to A in a Well done, mate. It's class, mate. I feel unreal. It's a shame, I know, because I spiked your Red Bull. Ah! <laughs> Don't fight it. Aye, so you were saying 80 days sober? Aye, um, aye, I've just been class. I've never felt so much energy and peace of mind in these last three months. Because I was like, the last two years, see, since the start of the pandemic, I moved to Edinburgh. Just chaos, man. Just get worse. And I, you think it just, you think you'll just rein it in a bit and it just never, it just gets worse. See, I see that like when you say, I'm going to rein it in, it literally gets worse. You go deeper into a hole. So I just came to a point. It wasn't even like my rock bottom wasn't in my last getting on it. It was like my fucking third last or something. My stomach, my red bull. I've never seen somebody go sober and then their life is terrible. I've only seen positivity, so I'm proud of you, mate. Especially so early in the game as well. Uh, it it can only make you funnier, sharper, and your life will Im improve. Honestly, it's mental because it's like you just see when you're in that chaos, you're like, how the fuck do I get out of this? And you see these people at the AA meetings and all, and they're like, I just do what they do. They say to me, if you just do this, if you do this, your life will get better. Right. And I'm like, it works. Really if no, you do this, and it, it does. Works. It does work. It I mean, works I'm, if you work it. I'm only, it's only early days, obviously. And I'm not, I know I'm never, I'm always vulnerable to, I mean, you never know what fucking life's going to be. A day to time, as yeah, they say. A college of knowledge. Yep. But I, it's fucking brilliant. I'm loving it. A That's life beyond your wildest dreams. <laughs> all that jazz. It's not my first barbecue, mate. <laughs> No, honestly, mate, well done, man. Um, you have got a glow about you, by the way. Maybe don't. <laughs> it's the <laughs> mostly the on the top of your head. <laughs> no, mate, I, I, congratulations, man. It takes it actually takes courage. Do you know what I mean? You're yeah, mate, like, you've got a problem. You're a young guy as well. What age are you? It's turned 28. Right. October. Aye, mate, I didn't wake up until my 30s, so I, I respect, mate. Aye. It's, aye, it's fucking... What's your date, your sober date? Uh, 6th of November. So I don't actually know how many days that is. 
I know I did 60 days no long ago, like a few weeks ago or a week or so ago, so two weeks ago. Was that a big bonfire night that did it? <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> My brother's birthday, which is the day before. Um, no, I mean, it just, I was like, I'm just fed up. I'm just, I can't do this anymore. And I, I need to go to those meetings though, because there's something, see, like, see, even with fags, like, I wake up in the morning and go, I'm no smoking today, no smoking today. And then there's just weakness, always, there's weakness all the time, just gain in. And when I went to those first few meetings, I just, there was some sort of strength that just implanted in my head that no, has no left me since then. And it just got stronger and stronger, just saying no. I could not say no before to a fucking patsy or a, you know what I mean? So I'm thankful to them and I need to just keep going. I can't just think that I'm safe as the things they all teach. Yeah. You can't think you're out of the woods. You're never out of the woods. Keeps you accountable because it's all right. It's okay if they say a day at a time. It's all right. It's new and you're in a pink cloud and stuff, but shit happens. Mm -hmm. Life gets tough. Maybe a shite gig might happen. And Somebody dies. Aye. They things help. They things help you. The meetings. They do. So, like, you've been surrounded by people. Like, I'm not, obviously, my pals are going away. I do like, I do love them. Do you know what I mean? I really have close pals. But when you looked about us, literally, we're all just fucking self destructing here. We're just sabotaging our bodies. Like, what the fuck are we doing? And then being, going for that to being surrounded by people who are just literally wanting better themselves is like, it's just so, such a breath of fresh air, do you know what I mean? It's amazing. I think that'll help you with, you know how I was talking about green room bullying and bitterness and people trying to fuck you up in this industry? Being sober will help you with that, mate. Like, dealing with that when people are cunts to you, essentially, because you'll realise in the grand scheme of life it's not even Doesn't that important. Because back in the day I used to be like, how come that fucking cunt doesn't love me? Don't really care. So generally, sometimes they don't even care about you. <laughs> you think, <laughs> do you know what I mean? You overthink. Hi. Like I've heard a lot of comedians have said that they're like, I don't think this comedian like or this booker likes me or this compare likes me. I was like, they probably don't really care about me. <laughs> they're probably just too wound up in their own shit. Yeah, and that's just a life lesson, and that's not even a comedy thing. That's just thinking that people, you, you like you were saying at the start, like. Nobody gives a fuck about you. I watched that in a podcast. I don't know what podcast was it was, and there was a guy was on, and they were just going, he was just being like fucking talking about how anxious he gets and how much he cares what people think. And he's like, nobody gives a fuck about you in the nicest way possible. Aye. Nobody gives a Aye, fuck. I want to free yourself for the worry about what people think about you. Nobody cares. Like, Aye, people was... go home at night and they think about their own troubles and their own worries. Nobody goes home at night and thinks about you. <laughs> and if they do fuck them like aye. anybody that does I don't like him they'll not fuck you aye you're right it's hard to snap out of that though See, like, if you do care what people think of you and I, I definitely do care what people think of me um, it gets less and less the more I put myself out there and do shit do you know I mean I feel like doing stand up defos was like hurdles I got here I mean you feel it feels like kind of like I said before like levelling up like Feel I've got by another barrier again there. Uh -huh. Do you know what I mean? But, right, well, we're up. Yeah. I think. Are you happy with that, aye, mate? Aye, I think. Fine, I wasn't being rude there. I'm actually pulling out the the next oh, funny bunch gig that we are gigging t together. Uh, it's the 19th of February at the Stand Comedy Club yep. in Glasgow. 
I'll be the host. Your good self is doing a spot, and I've yet to book the rest of the acts. But look, mate, I really appreciate you coming in today. I think that was a lovely conversation. It was great. I kind of forget at certain points that we were recording for a podcast, to be aye, honest. It was nice. Aye. Watch covered, the three years get cancelled now. I know, covered some good topics there. Sobriety. <laughs> Pedo priests. Pedo priests. Priesty priesty. That's the name of this fucking podcast. Mate. Sinister <laughs> ministers. <laughs> we call it, call it sinister, sinister minister. So if someone is listening to my podcast and they're like, I like your sound in it, guy. How can they get you on social media and stuff? <laughs> um, they can add me on. I'm on Instagram. My um, handle is blackmark two k's on mark. Uh, I post a lot of my content on there. Aye, uh, and I'm gigging around the town. Good mate. So you probably see me in the circuit. I'll be doing a fringe show, but that's not too obvious. So. I'm looking forward to bumping into you in the circuit and if I don't, I'll see you at the Funny Bunch. Paul, is there anything that we... No, just thanks to Mark for coming in, mate. Thank you very much, Mark. Thank you. If you're listening to the podcast, we appreciate it. Please give us a five-star review on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. See you next week. Week? Fucking hell. <laughs> Choked on my tongue there.